I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Joining me, as always, you know, one of my favorite time of year where we just break these down. We talk about trades, you know, and today what we wanted to do, we wanted to have John or Ian on. We're going to talk 23 firsts, but Mung and I, it's just the two of us. And what do we do? We talk trades, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Uh, I've been staying very busy. Uh, I've got some new stuff o- out over at Fantrax. Uh, I'm coming out with a new Rotoviz best ball article pretty soon. And a uh, big announcement that you guys are going to hear first on the podcast. I'll tweet it out later this week. But uh, I have created a fantasy football TikTok account. So Ooh. for all of you who have told me that sometimes you don't have time to read the article or perhaps listen to the entire podcast, whether it's kids, work, whatever's keeping you busy, I'm going to have some 30 seconds or less TikTok videos for you summarizing some of my thoughts on players, on team situations, overvalued, undervalued. It's all going to be in short video and audio clip format so you guys can get the info you need on the go. There you go. A little bit of TikTok. I like it. Hey, uh, guys, you know, we have some awesome announcements. You know, we're, we're teamed up with, with DraftKits.co again. Guys, I have my custom draft board that I ordered again for this year, uh, changing up for the you know the Royer Kids Family Draft. They make the best draft boards out there, guys. And uh, people are always saying, hey, how do I support the podcast? What can I do to make the podcast better? And DraftKits.co is one of those things where we get a kickback of, of each draft board sale. Last year, we were up 400% from where we were the year before because you guys jumped on those. If you guys are going to get draft boards, they have the best out there, starting at about $24.99 up to the custom ones which you can reuse every year, which I get, which are, you know, in that 100 to $120 range, which are, they're fantastic. They have, you know, the photo labels of your players. It's the ultimate way to just tie together your, you know, in-home draft. And we're doing those. We're post-COVID. Everybody's doing them. So check it out. You know, I think it's something that's going to be super awesome. And the other thing that we're doing is part of our Patreon. That's another way you guys can give back. If you guys are in that, that Patreon group chat, it is on fire. There were like 10,000 trades this week. No, it wasn't that many, but I'm like starting to sort through there for our mailbag show. And I, you can't even count how many are in there. And the people that have, have joined in are absolutely in love with it. On top of that, DraftKits is going to give us a custom board worth up to $115 for one of our Patreons. So it's $12 to join for the whole year. You might win a $115 draft board and become the coolest commissioner out there on draft day. So, you know, Mung, I know you you used their boards last year. I'm not going to use anybody else because they are fantastic. Yeah, we did our uh, auction keeper league draft using that board, and it was great. So definitely recommend them. Uh, pretty cheap too. So I absolutely recommend them. 
Yeah, they're the best out there. You use code SMASH, you get 10% off. So, you know, just tell them Mung and Dad sent you. You get 10% off. And, uh, yeah, let's just jump into some trades, man, because I'm excited. You know, this is the time of year where a lot of, you know, the, the rookie drafts are done. There's a lot of teams that are like, oh, what do I do with my direction? And that's a great thing where you guys can ask us, you know, send us pictures of your roster. What do you look at? Because... Without clear direction, you know, you're just you're just making blind trades, and I feel like a lot of people do that. I'm scrolling through my fantasy league dynasty trades, and I'm seeing a lot of trades that really lack direction. Mung and you and I talk about it every single year. You know, everything's cyclical. We get to this time of year, and I feel like sometimes people are making trades because they're bored. Other times, people are just making trades blindly without kind of figuring out what direction they are. I mean, by this time of year, Mung, I know where my dynasty teams lie which ones I'm rebuilding, which ones I'm competing with, and which ones, you know, like, I never want to be on that fence. We talk about it every single year. That's the worst place to be. Yeah, I'm not quite there with you because I don't mind being on the fence at this time of year. Um, I do have a couple teams where I haven't really made a strong decision one way or the other because I think that if a couple of things break right, it could Mm -hmm. be a fairly strong contender. Um, but then, you know, with an injury or two or someone disappoints, then maybe they're not. So I, I'm fine going into the year. I think it's by week five, week six, personally, is my deadline where, all right, I need to kind of uh, make a decision one way or the other. As of right now, just, you know, all off season, I want to be trading for value. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about those starting rosters. Don't be like, oh, I don't have a QB2, so I got to pay. I had somebody ask me if they should trade for Jacoby Brissett right now because um, they're contending, but they have Watson as their QB too. And I said, look, don't worry about it just yet. You can wait for the news to come out. And even then, I don't know that I would target Brissett just because he's backing up Watson. You know, you can shop around for a stronger QB one, whether it's a cheaper veteran like a Matt Ryan type, who I would rather pay a second for Matt Ryan than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, and and I, I get that too a lot. You know, there's a guy that's like, hey, should I trade A.J. Brown for said running back because I need a running back? You don't need a running back right now. It's, you know, it's June. You know, that like those are the times. I'm not, I'm never opposed to trading for value. And you and I are volume traders, me and uh, even more so, where it's like we're trying to accumulate value and make some moves. So let's just jump right into some of these. Uh, first one was sent in from uh, at relentless underscore BR. You know, he said, one team's contending, the other team's playing for next year. And this trade w- was very interesting to me. I sent this one over to you. It's Kyler Murray and Antonio Gibson or Justin Fields and Javante Williams. And my response back to him was, I, I don't think this is a matter of like contending versus rebuilding. This is a matter of, of your preference, the way you want to build your team. If you had to choose right now in a 12-team half PPR Superflex, we're looking at Kyler and Antonio Gibson, Justin Fields or Javante Williams. Say that one one more time. Usually I have time to uh <laughs> No, I got you. Traits. We're looking at <laughs> Kyler Murray and Antonio Gibson yep. or Justin Fields and Javante Williams. Ooh, that's uh, Honestly, that's kind of a tough one. I, I think I would lean the Murray side in Superflex just because um, I recently moved Javante Williams down a few spots in my redraft rankings with the re-signing of Gordon. It sounds like he's still going to be very much involved, even if Javante Williams does take the lead role, as we expect. So, and, you know, Fields, again, I think the rushing production will be there, even if mm-hmm. the Bears are in big trouble. But uh, overall, I want the uh, less risky side here with Kyler Murray, I think. 
See, and that's maybe that's just the difference of the way we play things. And me, you know, he says he the section tied. He's he's playing for year two, but I think Justin Fields, the floor, the rushing floor there. You know what he was able to do towards the back end of, of the season. You know, the last three four games. I feel like there's a maturation process where he gets a lot closer to Kyler Murray than Antonio Gibson is to Javante Williams by the end of the year. You know, I think Antonio Gibson, there's a lot of rumor about running back by committee. There's that situation where his value has dropped. I mean, I have offered him up in my one league that I have him left for any 23 first, you know, and I, I kind of maybe a little bit on top. Not a single person is biting where Javante Williams is hot. I mean, Javante Williams in his startup, he goes round two. Kyler goes maybe, you know, 108 to 110. Javante goes round two. Fields goes round three. Gibson doesn't go till round five or six. So, I mean, if we're talking startup season, I want that two and three over a one and five. But I do get it with Kyler Murray. You know, a lot of people love him. Me personally here, though, I'm going Fields because I believe in the talent, kind of like you believe in Lance. I think both those guys ascend up into that next tier from where they are now. And I think Javante Williams you know, is a, is a top five dynasty running back. You know, I know the Melvin Gordon news definitely, you know, put some uh, some extra weight on everybody's sales there. They're potentially thinking, you know, hey, that's not going to be the same person, but he's definitely going to be the 1A there. And if Melvin Gordon goes down, this is a scenario where we've had this before in the past, right, where we're talking about, ah, oh, it's a potentially, you know, split backfield. And then that younger player gets a full workload when when a veteran goes down and his value, you know, is something that I'm, I'm excited to to keep moving on. So I see it on both sides. You know, Twitter had it 56, 44, 56 on the Javante side, 44 on the other, but great trade. Appreciate you sending that one in. Uh, next one here, sent in from Brandon Larson. Uh, he has a trade offer here in a 12 team 0.5 PPR super flex with tight end premium. You start two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end. And is Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Damian Harris, you know, and this one, in the group chat, in the in the Patreon, I've been talking to how I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, is is someone who's getting complete disrespect because at this point, you know, we're we're looking at both these players are probably worth a second round pick. I think Damian Harris has, you know, Ramondre Stevenson there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a lot of people are like, well, I'm dumping him now that Jarek McKissick's back. I mean, that is not the play for me because. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year had the shoulder injury. I read he, he had, you know, stomach surgery. There was a lot of things going on with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire where when he's healthy, he is a solid 12 to 15 fantasy points. And I want that running back tied to Patrick Mahomes over Damian Harris, who's, you know, one injury away from losing his job to Ramondre Stevenson. I think Stevenson really showed he's going to be that third down back. They line him up wide quite a bit. Damian Harris's stats were very padded by touchdowns. So I'm taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here. But it is super close, according to Twitter. Talk to me a little bit about these two running backs. Oh man, this is <laughs> this is a really tough one. Um, I, I think it's really close because I've been drafting a lot of Damian Harris in best ball drafts right now. Because mm -hmm. even though he does have risky job security, the Patriots run so much in the red zone and near the goal line that mm -hmm. I do think he's still going to maintain a lot of that touchdown production. And at the same time, I think there is some concern with the re-signing of Jarek McKinnon. But at the same time, you know, all the reports that CH was never healthy the entire last season after undergoing gallbladder surgery. Yeah. Um, you know, he lost some serious we saw... weight. And, and that, that didn't come out. Like, people weren't talking about that in season. But, I mean, a man lost a lot of weight. And that's, a, that's an important thing there. And if you look at the early part of the season, he was putting up some numbers. You know, and just like he did... Two years ago, he was fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I think it's tough. Someone's cheering we, in the background. <laughs> they're cheering for this running back trade, but uh, I, I would lean CEH slightly. Um, but uh, at the same time, I think we're at the point where we do think Ronald Jones is going to be involved as a rusher, taking a lot of that early down work. So I, it really is a committee for both backfields at this point. And I think it's a toss-up. I lean CEH, but it's pretty close to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a preference thing, but I'm, I'm leaning CEH just because of, you know, the way things are, are set up with that offense and, and, you know, potentially how things could shake out. The next one's yeah, in it from... this way. If you can get, I mean, whichever side you're on, if you can get the other one for plus a second for your guy plus a third, you know, that, that's something that would probably sway me to get that extra draft capital. Yeah, and I think people are catching on to that. We talk about it a lot where it's like, uh, throw in your first and I'll throw in my second. Throw in your your second or your third and I'll throw in, you know, we, we try to get those kind of moves. And I, I, I tried that in two separate leagues today. And the guy's like, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm privy to that. You guys talk about it all the time. So, you know, anytime you can add value to a side, if you're in the same tier, if it's that close, Twitter had it 54%, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 46 Damian Harris, so super close. Uh, another one, both of us were tagged in this one. This sent in from Jake Bratton, uh, awesome guy that's in the Patreon. 10-team Superflex. He said, looking to win this year and avoid the risk with Alvin Kamara if I can do both. So Keenan Allen is his wide receiver three. Other running backs are Zeke, Etienne, and Penny. So the trade is Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, and Kareem Hunt, or Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Darnell Mooney. So in this particular situation, I think you and I both were kind of on the same page here. I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara missing serious time. You know, I'm not I'm not worried at all. I feel like Alvin Kamara versus Aaron Jones is not even a debate. I think Alvin Kamara is going to absolutely eat this year. Keenan Allen versus Mooney. You know, if you're talking about a win now team, I want Keenan Allen for sure. And then Hunt gives you that that flex in there. I think AJ having AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones on the same side does not make this, you know, in a, in a 10-team league, you're not starting both of them. You know, if you're flexing A.J. Dillon in a 10-team league, you're probably struggling a little bit, you know, if you're playing both Green Bay running backs. They're going to have a little bit of flex appeal from time. But I want Keenan Allen and Kamara. Uh, what do you think on this one for Jake? Yeah, I mean, to me, Kamara and Aaron Jones are similarly valued, you know, slightly older running backs, but both have high pass-catching potential. Um, Dylan and Hunt, I also view similarly. Both are, you know, potential flex plays week in, week out, um, but with low floors because depending on their involvement week to week, uh, but with high upside if Chubb or Jones were to miss any time. And so this, for me, comes down to Keenan Allen over Darnell Mooney by a little bit. Um, I understand that Allen is older, but at the same time, I think he's still going to outproduce Mooney for this year. And I do think that the Bears are definitely going to add some wide receiver help uh, this coming off season. I know we said that for last year, but uh, mm. it, it's going to happen. I mean, we, we knew it with Amon Ross St. Brown, and the same is eventually going to come for Mooney, even though I do think he's a fair wide receiver three for this year. Yeah, I, I think with that trade... I, I'm on board if you can get a better wide receiver or maybe even a more, you know, something else added in there. I know you, he's he's a little worried about the Kamara potential suspension. I don't think that's going to happen. And if it, if it is, it's minimal. So in this particular situation, I am just, 
I'm holding tight there because we also have Kareem Hunt in that situation where if you get a Nick Chubb injury, you know Kareem Hunt's going to produce as opposed to on side two with Aaron Jones. It's the same exact backfield, you know, so that, that can be good. But in this situation, I'm kind of leaning that way. Uh, next one sent in from Zach Mass. That's at Zmoz19. 10-team PPR. We're looking at, and this one I kind of like. This one this one was kind of interesting on Twitter. C.D. Lamb and A.J. Dillon on side one. Side two is Cam Akers, D.J. Moore, and a 23-second. So I'm going to let you go first. Again, 10-team. We're looking at C.D. Lamb and A.J. Dillon versus Cam Akers, D.J. Moore, and a 23-second. And we've got some good ones tonight. Uh, this is another tough one, I think, because to me, the value is pretty fair. I think I'm a little bit higher on Cam Akers than a lot of people because he did show some explosion, even coming back early from the Achilles. Um, I, I do think the Rams have made some improvements to the offensive line. A lot of the struggles, I think, were more so on the line than Akers uh, at the end of the last season in the playoffs, particularly. But uh, I would lean Lamb just because I think his value, or at least his perceived value, is going up way higher. Even though at the end of the day, I think this one's a coin flip just based on roster need. And I like where you're at there. I mean, for me, I've I've been preaching this for a while. C.D. Lamb is my dynasty wide receiver three. I think his value is going to maintain. He's going to be a wide receiver one, in my opinion, this season. And I feel like the value is right there. I We, we were going to do biggest sells. I know you're you're high on Acres. Acres is my biggest sell. Acres and is a guy that I'm trying to move just because of, you know, that the the amount of history of people that bounce back from his injury are super low. DJ Moore, how many times have we got to just hope he gets a quarterback, right? I mean, it's it's sad. He has been a rock solid wide receiver too, but I feel like in this situation I am going in on a 10 team. I want CD Lamb because again, DJ Moore is probably a wide receiver that I'm I'm semi comfortable as my wide receiver two in a ten team I don't I'm probably more of a wide receiver three type. C D Lamb is the biggest boom in this trade. He's the piece that I want and I think he ultimately has the most trade value. Twitter is on the Cam Akers side, fifty eight forty two. Um and I think some of that is that fever of those twenty three seconds because it's a ten team. So I think we talk about this with our firsts all the time and I don't think enough people are talking about it. 23 seconds in a 10 team are super important where they're going to be. Just like we've been talking about in in 12 team, you know, where's those first? We've been talking about that so much. These seconds, if that's an early second, we've been talking about those top 12 players and how much that is going to be. An early second in a 10 teamer is worth a first round pick in like the 107, 108 range in our current draft. You know what I mean? So those 23 seconds... It is a super, super important idea to try to figure out where we're at. Next one we're going to talk about is sent in another guy in the Patreon, uh, part of Smash 4, I believe. That's at Dan Duke DB. We're looking at a 12-team PPR Superflex tight end premium. Side one is Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Darnell Mooney. We're going back to him again. And 23-second. Side two is DK Metcalf. Terry McLaurin, and Josh Jacobs. Now, the surprising thing here is Twitter wasn't wasn't too off on this one. To me, this is an absolute smash except for the DK Metcalf side. You know, I love Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is a, is a potentially RB1 overall type player. Uh, but 
there is some serious shade on DK Metcalf where DK Metcalf is a buy for me right now because everyone's so worried about, you know, they're, they're worried about the quarterback situation. And I think he's going to be fine for this year. But we talk about it with all these guys. They're like Drake London and Jamison Williams and a lot of young players were like, wait till they get a quarterback next year. Seattle's in that same boat. I mean, they could, in a potential situation, DK Metcalf is either gone to another position next year, go somewhere else, or they draft a quarterback. I think DK Metcalf is a guy that I'm 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 valuing very similar to Dalvin Cook, depending on what your situation there is. But McLaurin over Mooney, and then you're basically looking in a situation where it's Josh Jacobs or a 23 second. This is an absolute smash except here. I believe you'll be on that side as well. But talk to me a little bit about McLaurin and and and, and DK Metcalf, because both of these guys values have dropped in perception and they are guys that are very affordable and Josh Jacobs continues to be the cheapest RB2 around people are just throwing shade and trying to move him away yeah I I am with you on that side uh with what was it Metcalf McLaurin and Jacobs right absolutely Um, although I don't think I'd go as far as calling it a smash except for me simply because I do think that Metcalf and McLaurin take a little bit of a hit in the short term um, for 2022 alone, just because I have very little faith in Wentz and Drew Locke. Uh, that being said, you know, I think the value is slightly on that side, but if you're a contender and you've got, you know, deep wide, deep at wide receiver and you want to make that upgrade from Jacobs to Dalvin Cook, who is still my number three running back in redraft, uh, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I do think it's a slight overpay, but again, if you're a strong contender, I'm okay with that move. I, and, Let's let's stay there a little bit because D, Dalvin Cook is my number three in redraft as well. I mean, I feel like it's Jonathan Taylor, it's Christian McCaffrey. And then for me, it's it's Dalvin Cook. I feel like the play, if you want Dalvin Cook here, is is offer. I would do Jacobs and McLaurin pretty easily, but I think DK Metcalf really sets that that trade off quite a bit. You know, so if if you're on that side, Dan, and you can move Jacobs and McLaurin to get Dalvin Cook and kind of push the chips all in. I'm for that. You know, Twitter has this one 60-40 in favor of the DK Metcalf side. Metcalf is, again, a guy that I just keep seeing falling farther and farther in value, and people are, you know, going to have an opportunity there. Terry McLaurin, that's an interesting take because I'm seeing a lot of that on Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about, you know, the short-term loss with Carson Wentz there. Carson Wentz, say what you want, is definitely an upgrade from, from Tyler Heineke last year. And McLaurin has shown flashes this, as gross as it sounds, this might be his best quarterback he's had, you know, and I think McLaurin is in a similar situation as DK Metcalf. If either are traded, if either are, you know, move in the offseason, there's an uptick in value there. And I think both of them fall in that wide receiver two range this particular season. Yeah, I don't think that McLaurin's dead by any means. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't, I've seen people saying, well, look what Michael Pittman did with Carson Wentz last year. Yeah. And I, I would be hesitant to compare those two situations because it really was uh, just Pittman and Taylor running that offense all of last year, whereas mm-hmm. they did uh, draft Dotson in the first round, high draft capital. I think he's going to command some targets. Um, a healthy Curtis Samuel, I, I still think, is a pretty good player. And Logan Thomas coming back healthy as well. I do think the targets are going to get spread out a little bit more, assuming that McLaurin uh, – does stay in Washington to get you know a deal signed for him because right now he's holding out and that's just a little bit more of a risk as well which which is why I would be okay you know overpaying slightly for Cook in this instance 
And I think definitely worth pointing out, I mean, Terry McLaurin since since 2019 has averaged 1,030 yards per season while working with, honestly, eight different quarterbacks. He's had Fitzmagic, he's had Heineke, Smith, Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, <laughs> and Garrett Gilbert. I mean, you just don't <laughs> get worse than that. And last year he was able to put up, you know, 15 points per game, you know, and that that is a nice, I'm sorry, read that wrong, read that wrong. But I mean, he is he has put up solid numbers. It's just nothing, you know, yeah, it's actually 12 points per game. I was looking at his projections there. It's kind of up and down, but I think we could have a season here where Terry McLaurin surprises some people. I'm not going to get too much more into him because not a lot of people like to talk about that. Let's talk about our next guy sent in from Michael Duckman. That's M. Duckman, 94. I like this one a lot, Mung. Uh, side A receives DK Metcalf, Travis Etienne, and Brees Hall. Side 2 sends DJ Chark and Jonathan Taylor. So, Essentially, you know, I'm looking at DJ Chark as kind of the the odd man out in Detroit. I feel like he was the guy that they signed and then they got Jameson where, where they were stoked about that. We're looking at Metcalf, Etienne, and Brees Hall for Jonathan Taylor. Now, I've been saying it on the podcast for a couple months, as much as I love Jonathan Taylor, in his particular situation, he is someone you have to at least assess can I get a haul for him? Can I get a situation where in this, no, no pun intended on haul, but in this situation, you're getting two up-and-coming wide running backs where Travis Etienne was my biggest buy low. And guys, I love this because I got at least 10 DMs this week of like, hey, just bought Etienne on the cheap because I heard about the podcast last week. you know. And I think we're in a situation where you get Metcalf, Etienne, and Brees Hall, three for one for Jonathan Taylor. Michael Duckman, that is a smash except for me. Mung, I know you're a little bit lower on Hall, but is this enough value here for you to move Jonathan Taylor in in what we would say a 12-team PPR? Yeah, absolutely. I would also smash except the package. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm a little bit lower on Hall, but it shouldn't matter what you personally think about a player. Uh, you should be thinking in terms of what can I get from my league mates if I wanted to flip Brissol, right? Yeah. So even if I weren't super high on Hall uh, and I'm selling Taylor, I could easily flip him for a 2023 first plus second probably at this point. Mm -hmm. um, potentially more depending on how high people are on Hall. I, I saw that some people have him in, I think, the top two rounds of a dynasty startup, which I'm not on board with. But, you know, that's the kind of value that you might potentially be able to get. So, yeah, I, I love diversifying from Taylor for three pretty solid pieces here. Yeah, I mean, there's three everyday starters. You know, those are the, that's the kind of move. We're not advocating in no way, shape, or form by saying sell Jonathan Taylor for Miles Sanders, you know, and Josh Jacobs and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, these are guys right now, Brees Hall and Travis Etienne are both, you know, considered in, in Dynasty because of the way the landscape is and some of the guys that are older. You know, those are going to be guys that are considered in the top 12 running backs. And I think we're in a situation here where this is a – potential absolute boom on your end where you you could get a guy here who's going to be similarly valued in that in the next couple of years uh, another one you know I, I i just i love the responses from you guys because it's like they they listen to what we're saying and they make that move uh jrc that's at viking power 72 said hey i heard the podcast last night about michael pittman uh what do you think about this trade he goes all right no, actually, he did both. He did both, but uh, he's in a situation where he just acquired ETN because of that. He has Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, Brees Hall, and Kenneth Walker. He says, right now, I'm, I'm very low on wide receivers. Would you flip Kenneth Walker for A.J. Brown? 
I said absolute smash except I think some of the some of the 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 hold back on AJ Brown is just foolish. He's a top five to seven dynasty wide receiver. And, you know, given that you have Javante Williams, ETN, and Hall, I think A.J. Brown is just that perfect wide receiver to mix into that young team to stay relevant for the next, you know, three or four years. Yeah, and uh, I'm a little bit lower on A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. We've kind of went over this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm even lower on Kenneth Walker in Seattle. Uh, again, you know, I've, I've tweeted this out, I think, a few days back, but... I'm not really sure what the appeal is of Kenneth Walker um, because I would say most agree that he's more of a pure runner. uh, So not much receiving upside um, playing in a, you know, Seattle offense that probably isn't going to be very good with Drew Locke behind a bottom three offensive line in Seattle. uh, Not probably not a whole lot of scoring opportunities. I mean, you're looking at pretty much a Nick Chubb without as many touchdowns. Um, So give me AJ Brown. Yeah. Uh, the next one, uh, Josh Brown sent in, and, and Mung, you're going to love this one. Uh, and, and we talked about it in the group chat. Again, guys, this Smash, Smash Patreon group chat are sharp guys. They're in there. I mean, Mung, you and I weren't even in there very much today, and I looked, and there was there was 220 messages, and they were all, you know, here's my trade offer. What do you think? And boom, just all these guys answered in there. This trade I absolutely loved. He traded Deshaun Watson, Chris Godwin, Njoku in a third, and he got Lance, Ayuk, Komet, and a second, okay? This is the kind of move here where we, we could talk about Deshaun Watson here again because we've talked about buying him all offseason. Now that they, the extra cases are in there and we're talking potential full season suspension, the fact that Lance, you're able to get Lance in here, I love. Ayuk and a second for Godwin is is an absolute smash. We've been talking about picking up Komet everywhere. So basically, you're getting Lance and Komet for Deshaun Watson. And in this, right now, I know Josh is looking to win and long-term. I absolutely love this deal. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because in this deal, Watson clearly holds a lot of value versus mm-hmm. you know his value is so spread out depending on your league and your league mates uh, I, I was advising someone who was in a super flex dynasty startup uh, just earlier this morning where deshaun watson fell to the sixth round of a super flex startup that's absurd um which is absolutely insane so yeah i mean i, I love this deal I, I think a if you knew watson was going to play a full season this year which i think the, the probability of that is fairly low at this point. Uh, at the very least, I think he's probably going to miss part of the season. Um, but even if he were to play a full season, I think he and Lance would be pretty close. So I, I lean Lance and Ayuk slightly over Watson and Godwin, mm-hmm. also because Godwin's coming off of that ACL. And then to me, I want Komet over Njoku, and you're getting a free second on top. So, yeah, all day, every day. Yeah, and you know, it's been interesting this week because you and I have answered so many trade questions and we kind of, we break it down and it's sometimes funny because we're breaking down different, the same trade with different players and different thought processes, but almost mm-hmm. universally on one like that, we're coming up with the the exact same conclusion. I just think Watson is, is, is tricky right now, Mung. I think it's a difficult situation because a lot of people were you know being overly excited about him potentially playing this year and they're in a situation where dude, that's my QB, you know, QB one, that's my QB two. And they, they haven't really, you know, put the other pieces in place to, to have that security and things. And one thing I've been doing is I've been, I've been looking for teams that have 
Deshaun Watson as their QB1 or QB2. And I've been trying to accumulate and add their 23 firsts because there's a scenario there where like that could spiral quite a bit. That could really hurt where their, their 23 first is in there. And I'm always trying to find ways to add those 23 firsts. I'm trying to find ways to maybe look for those teams that have Deshaun Watson in a win-now team and get Deshaun Watson plus for a player and, and try to move into that direction or give up a little bit. I think Deshaun Watson is... The suspension is definitely looming now. I mean, this is not... The value has to drop a little bit. The talent doesn't drop at all. But if he gets suspended another year... Two years out of football is some serious, serious time to jump right back in and say that dynasty value hasn't dropped. Yeah, and I've gotten a lot of questions on Watson uh, through Twitter DMs or Twitter tags, so I just want to address it real quick on the pod, where if you're out on Watson for moral reasons, if you think he did all those things, if you want nothing to do with him, I get it. You can sell him. But if you're looking from a pure value standpoint, now is the absolute worst time to try and sell Watson with more bad news, the extra cases. You're better off buying or holding Watson. I saw a question earlier today where it was a one-quarterback league, so not as big of a deal. But he had Stafford and Watson. He was asking if he should sell Watson for a second. And I told him, you know, you've got Stafford, who should be a top exactly. 12 quarterback this year. I, I think you're pretty set there, even if you miss out on a bye week or need help there. So you might as well just stash, you know, Watson on if you can, if your league allows him to go on the IR for suspension or just on your bench. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just holding him instead of selling low at, at a terrible time where his value is really dipping. I mean, yes, but on the same time, I mean, what if, once we get that, we talked about it before when he sat out the entire year, the time to buy was in the middle of that because that's when people are, are going to try to be winning. I saw some trades, you know, where it was, uh, you know, a guy got Jalen Hurts at, for, uh, for, for Deshaun Watson straight up. I would do that. I saw a trade yesterday where the guy said he's, he's middle of the pack and doesn't want to lose out on any value. He got a 23 first in Zach Williams for Deshaun or Jack, Zach Wilson, sorry, Zach Wilson for that. So, I mean, there are some areas there where potentially that value is going to dip even further. If he gets that full year suspension, that, that value is not going to peak again until 2023, you know, and then that's, that's a scenario. It's going to be case by case and we could debate it back and forth. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it quite a bit, you know, but you to your point, he's not a sell just to sell. You know, we're not just trying to move him out because you don't like him, you don't want him. He is a sell if you get the right amount of value, you know, and he's also a buy if you get that. It's all, it's all you know, relative to what you're trying to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, Zach Wilson in a 2023 first is pretty close to full, you know, sticker price on Watson. Right, I don't, right. I don't think that's a buy low by any means. So, yeah, and, it, it's very situation dependent. And that's a scenario where, like, people are asking me, hey, I'd really like to, to compete, you know, and the guy I have, I have uh, Deshaun Watson. I said, well, why don't you target the Dak Prescott owner, the Jalen Hurts owner, and, and just kind of make a slightly lateral move there and see if you can maybe just – you know, add a little bit to Watson and have that peace of mind where you have a guy that is going to be top eight like Dak Prescott, like, you know, like Jalen Hurts or move slightly off into that Fields and Lance area like Josh did. And I think I would be very happy with those kind of moves. Uh, new to the Dynasty Smash Patreon, uh, Kevin, he sent in um, DeAndre Swift. And th this is a blockbuster. DeAndre Swift, Mac Jones, 
Zach Wilson, Damian Pierce, and Rondale Moore. And the other side gets Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. So there has been tons of back and forth on this one. You know, Justin Herbert is that centerpiece where, you know, when Tyreek Hill left, a lot of people put Justin Herbert as their QB2 overall in Dynasty. I still have him as my three. But the way I was breaking this trade down is, in order to give up Herbert, I would have to get DeAndre Swift and Zach Wilson. I would move him for that because I'm that high on DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift should be the dynasty RB2. You know, I think DeAndre Swift is absolutely going to eat this year. But then you have a situation, if it is a, it's a 12-team super flex, that's essentially you're getting, you know, Mac Jones, Rondale Moore, Damian Pierce for Keenan Allen. So I'm on the package side since it's 12-team, it's a little bit larger, even though it just pains me to give up Justin Herbert. But you're getting two young quarterbacks and, a, and a, what I believe to be an absolute stud running back in DeAndre Swift. Yeah, gun to my head, I would probably say the value is slightly on the side of, you know, I, I value Jones and Keenan Allen close, uh, and then Swift and Wilson slightly over Herbert. Um, but in a vacuum, I think I would still lean Herbert and Keenan Allen in Superflex just because uh, I want those set-and-forget quarterbacks, if at all possible, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, nothing wrong with plugging in a Mariota if you need to here and there. But, uh, I mean, I, to get a top-tier elite Allen, Mahomes, or Herbert, I, I think that peace of mind and that secure value for the next few years um, is really important in super flex formats. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm high on Swift, but probably not as quite quite as high as you are. Um, and then, you know, Mac Jones, I think he's going to be a strong NFL quarterback fantasy-wise. I'm not quite sure the ceiling's there uh, in a pretty run-heavy Patriots offense and when they haven't added many weapons. And then the jury's still out on Wilson. Certainly yeah. this trade could be, you know, very heavily on the Swift and Wilson side a year from now. Uh, if he does do well in his second year, you know, adding O-line depth, adding Garrett Wilson to Elijah Moore, I'm just leaning the Herbert and Allen side, but nothing wrong with taking the package, I think. Yeah, I think, it, you know, we, we got to look at Keenan Allen's going to be 31 next year. I love Keenan Allen. You know he's on all my dynasty teams. So that value is going to depreciate where if you are in a rebuilding team, I think this is the kind of move that can really ha- – moving one of those big pieces, like we talked about with Jonathan Taylor in this situation, moving Justin Herbert. If you are in a rebuild and it's a deeper league, you know, if it's a 10-team league here, you know, it's a little bit different. Justin Herbert is almost – or even 14 team, you know, you get that depth. Justin Herbert in a 10 team, you got to want those studs. You got you, you need to have that. But in this particular situation, I think the value the value on the Swift side is considerably higher. The peace of mind on the Herbert side is there. So, it really depends on what you have. If you have another QB1 and Mac Jones is going to be, you know, Wilson will be your 2 and Mac Jones will be your 3 and you need a running back, but I I'm personally highly on that side. Uh, another interesting one here done after from the patreon fantasy nerd boy sends in and this one again right after our pod he he sends evan ingram who you and i both like as a you know a nice nice you know tight end filler in here damian harris who we've talked about probably worth a second round pick and debo samuel and debo samuel now back in camp a lot of people are like trying to flip him quick see what they want to do and he gets for that brandon Ayuk, travis Etienne, and somehow on top of that a 24 second I think we're in a situation where, you know, I would easily 
trade Debo for for ETN plus a second or ETN plus Ayuk. I think Ayuk is a, a guy that I think is just criminally undervalued. I, I'm trying to get him in trades wherever I can. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your impression of this deal. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think we're getting a lot of tough ones tonight. I don't know. Uh, this is probably hard, the hardest test I've seen in a while. If, if this were a hey, class, if... we, we <laughs> that's that's what we're here for, you know. Like we, I can pull the ones on Twitter that are like ninety ten, and then just be like, "Hey, eh, it's a smash accept," you know. But yep. one like this is interesting because for me, Travis Etienne is someone that I am buying everywhere, and he's he's. I've seen I've bought him as low as a 24 first and you know a, a running back thrown in there but I've seen him go for as much as like 223 seconds or right now that one of the guys in our patreon said he went in the early third startup and and that's that that's above where Debo Samuel is so I think he's definitely trending in the area where he is becoming a Twitter darling and someone that's just rising daily yeah oh man it's tough because i do think there's risk of soft tissue injury with debo samuel um that isn't being addressed simply because he had a very strong and healthy season in 2021 uh so i I would say samuel and is close to etn plus the second and then i think ingram plus harris is pretty close to Ayuk. so Really, this comes down to team need. If, you, if you've got strong wide receivers outside of Debo and, and you need some running back help and, you know, you're getting that Ayuk insurance where if Samuel does miss a little bit of time this year, Ayuk could very easily skyrocket to where Debo's being valued, right? Um, so I think I would lean the Debo side, but very fair trade overall. Yeah, I like it. And then I got offered one in, in Smash 3, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that one, is, you know, I'm in a year one punt, and I have A.J. Brown. And the guy comes to me today, and he's like, hey, I want A.J. Brown. I'm willing to give you Metcalf. Let's let's flip-flop the two. And I said, no, I'm definitely not going to flip-flop the two. Uh, I would like a, a first-second flip, because I think A.J. Brown's situation uh, presents a little bit more. We started talking about it, and the best offer that he had was a 2-3 flip. So... DK Metcalf in a second or AJ Brown in a third. I asked for ultimately I declined. I wanted a 24 second because it's not a 23, it's a 24. So <laughs> between these two, and I know both these wide receivers are guys that are, are polarizing and that you've been down on a little bit. Would you be taking Metcalf and the second or AJ Brown in the third if you're in a year one productive struggle? I, I would take Metcalf in the second because I do have Metcalf ranked over AJ Brown. Okay. Um, partially, I, I don't love. The I have them close. Situations I have, for I have AJ Brown six, Metcalf ten, so it's not like a crazy differential between the two. Yeah, I mean, I think both are strong talents. Um, both, I think, might struggle this season due to quarterback play. But for me, it comes down to the fact that we have seen Brown struggle with injuries. I, I don't think that makes him injury prone by any means. I don't like that term when they're not connected injuries, like constant soft Mm -hmm. tissue stuff. But at the same time, just thus far, track record-wise, Metcalf has stayed, for the most part, pretty healthy. uh, And that also pushes him ahead slightly. So to get that pick swap on top, where you're upgrading from the third to the second, I I would take that side. I like it. Guys, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. You know, we wanted to just get that. Mung and I were talking. We, 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 like, had it where... 
you know, John and Ian weren't able to jump on. They're like, oh man, should we push it back to next week? And we're just like, nope, let's just jump on here. Let's talk about some trades. Let's break it down. Let's have a little bit of fun on it. I'm glad we did because we're able to, you know, assess the watching situation. And a lot of people are asking about DK Metcalf. A lot of people are talking about ETN. A lot of buzz lately on like 24 firsts and people buying those because we, we've been talking about that for weeks. Those 23 firsts are not achievable and people are starting to understand that, that they are not getting them. So it's a matter of like, hey, let's move on to 2024s or 23 seconds if we're going to be rebuilding and moving some of those directions. So, you know, that, that's been a major trend. Next week, we're hoping to get our guys back and talk about, you know, some major sell highs. We've talked about the 23 firsts. We've talked about some some breakout candidates and to get those insulated trades. And we want to talk about, you know, who you should be selling with those guys that like now is the last time to get peak value. And there's a lot of those guys from that 2017 class that we absolutely love who are now in that 26, 27 year old age range that we're going to talk about. And some guys that are in situations that we're, we definitely want to move on. So Mung, you know, let, let's close it out here. Talk about, you know, anything that you're working on, any trends that you've been seeing and, uh, you know, where people can find your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, follow me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can follow me on TikTok under that same name now. I have not posted anything just yet, but don't worry. The content is coming soon. So get ahead and, and follow now. And then finally, just to leave you guys with a little nugget that I, I'm seeing a lot about you know, on the last couple of podcasts, we've talked about that 2023 class, about how, you know, those top five picks are, are really a tier of their own. Um, but there's talent even heading into the later part of that first round in rookie drafts next year. And people seem to be pretty certain that they can accurately project where some of these 2023 firsts are going to land in their trades. But, you know, I, I would always take that with a grain of salt because, you never know with injuries. I had a team last year with Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, a lot of big names that ended up disappointing a little bit. Um, so that first ended up being a little earlier than expected. And these things happen all the time. So I think it's fine to move first or trade for them, you know, trying to project for where they're going to land. But tread lightly because a lot can happen between June and December. Yeah, and I think we, we've talked about it on the podcast before, too. If I am buying a first, I I anticipate it being like 108 to 112 and then valuing it as such. You know, like I'm not trying to say, you know what, that that could be the 103. I'm going to trade for what is the 103's value. You know, and I think I think mm-hmm. we're really trying to do that in the 2023 class where you're like, well, it could be this. You know, like have a frame of mind of if you're trading for that and you think it's the 103, then try to trade for the 106 in value. You know, like try to trade, if you think it's a 108, try to trade for the 110, 112 in value and try to see how that goes. Because then you have an opportunity of insulation, you have an opportunity of still winning that trade, where if you trade for the 108 and it becomes the 112 and you gave up 108's worth of value, you know, then you're in a situation where, you know, we're, we're not having any insulation, you're just paying exact price and hoping that pans out. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in and enjoy the process.